0: Again, thank you so much for being here and being with us on Easter Sunday. Uh, We're gonna go ahead and jump into the message. We're actually starting a brand new series this Sunday. It's going to take us um, about seven weeks to go through, starting obviously today, and uh, we're going to be talking about the title of the series is, is I Am, and we're going to be talking about the the seven I Am proclamations of Jesus that we see in the book of John, um, and I'm very excited about starting this series. I'm very excited about it because really what this is is, is these are seven statements that Jesus really gives about himself. These are, these are statements that he gives that That really uh, talk about His identity and the purpose for Him coming and and all these sort of things. And so again, we're going to start a brand new series on Easter Sunday, and it's going to continue on here for uh, about seven weeks as we go through these seven different I Am statements of Jesus. And so I'm excited to share this with you this morning. Before we really jump in, I want to go ahead and pray, and, uh, and then we'll begin. Father, we love You and we thank You. And Jesus, we're so excited about this day. We're so excited to celebrate You celebrate your resurrection, celebrate your, your, the, the amazing gift of your love and your grace and your mercy. Uh, we're so thankful that, that we can celebrate this day knowing that you have risen, that you are who you said you are, you're God's son, and because of your sacrifice, we can walk boldly into the throne room of God. We've been made righteous, not because of us and because of what we have done, but because of what you have done for us. So we love you and we thank you. We ask that you would just be with us this morning. God, I pray that you would just help me to communicate the words and the things that you want me to share on this very special day. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're going to be in John chapter 11 this morning. This is the story of of Lazarus. Some of you know this story pretty well. Some of you may not, but we're going to kind of look at this story together and kind of see um, as we get into it. Uh, the statement that Jesus gives that I think is very timely and very important for our our celebration today. So we're going to start in in John chapter 11. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit as we kind of look at this. But in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, it says this. It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. And now we're going to jump on to verse number five through seven. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, this is after Jesus has gotten the message, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now I want to kind of talk about the characters, kind of talk about what's going on here. Mary and Martha and Lazarus are very close with Jesus. They're, 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 they're friends, basically. Jesus has a has a great relationship with them. Obviously, we know about Mary here. Mary is the one that that, that wipes Jesus' hair with, with her with or uh, wipes his feet with her hair and, and, and all those sort of things. And and Martha is kind of uh, a little bit different than her sister. Martha and Mary we see them in a story where where Jesus has come to their house and and Martha's out banging pans and pots and she's trying to get everything ready to to entertain Jesus and to be a good hostess and all these sort of things and and Mary is at Jesus's feet and 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 Martha's upset about this and so uh, it, it's kind of an interesting family dynamic and, and basically we see this really Mary is kind of the wild child of the bunch she's kind of on her own kind of doing her own thing we, we, we believe that she kind of had some uh, kind of of a rougher past. And and Martha's kind of the rule follower. She's kind of the one that's kind of making sure all the rules are are being kept and and all those sort of things. And Lazarus is also um, their brother. And so basically in this situation, I'm going to give you the timeline. Uh, Lazarus and, and, and Mary and Martha are in Bethany, which is a town about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And they're kind of going about their day and everything's going fine. Well, well, Lazarus kind of starts to kind of not feel so well. And, and, and he's kind of, well, you know, I'm not feeling great. And then, okay, well, maybe you lay down and kind of rest for a little while. And then he begins to get worse. And then he begins to get worse. And, and, then he begins to get worse and, and now Mary and Martha are getting very concerned about their brother. And, and so they decide, hey, hey, this is serious. This is something that we need to, to deal with. So they, they contact Jesus. They send Jesus a message. And they basically say, hey, listen, Um, your your buddy here is sick. He's not doing well. We need your help. We need you to come, and we need you to to take care of this for us. And so that's kind of where we're at. And Jesus eventually gets the message, but he delays. He doesn't leave immediately. He waits for a, a couple of days before he actually decides to go. Okay, so finally he, he realizes it's time to go, and so now we're going to pick up the story in John 11, uh, with, starting with verse number 17. It says this, so Jesus has gotten the message, and now he's made the trip, and so now Jesus has arrived. So when Jesus has arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Already been in the grave for four days. So so we're not quite sure here when the, the time that is passed. We do know that when Jesus finally gets there, that, that basically the, the funeral's already taken place, everything's done, and that Lazarus has been in the grave already for four days. So we're not quite sure the length of time, but obviously Jesus gets the message. It's gonna take some time for the message to get there. When he gets the message, he doesn't leave immediately, it's two days, and then when he finally does get there, Lazarus has already been dead for Four days. So we don't know if this was over a, a two-week period or just a week, but it's been a little bit of time before. Now Now, it's something interesting here that we need to kind of look at um, that, that John puts in his gospel. is He mentions that Lazarus has been in his grave for four days. There was a tradition in the Jewish mindset during this time that when somebody died, that for three days after the person died, that the spirit or the soul of that individual would hover over the body. And after three days the soul of the spirit would eventually depart okay so so john here is basically saying hey, he's been in there for four days uh the spirit has moved on there's nothing left there except a corpse and and basically in the grave and so he mentions that to kind of make sure that we we see that so uh, and now we move on with, with verse number 18 it says Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss and so basically what we're seeing here is not only they had the funeral but people have come during this time funerals were a big big deal we're going to see in in a little bit kind of some of the traditions that kind of went along with that but basically there's been people that have come for the funeral they're there they're supporting Mary and Martha in their loss now let's go ahead and continue with verse number 20. When Martha got that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Now let's stop there for a second, and we're going to look at some another kind of thing that, would, that we just talked about as far as kind of this tradition. In, in, in the Jewish mindset, when somebody died and it was close to you, it was tradition that you would mourn for 30 days. You wouldn't go out of your house. You wouldn't do anything. You would stay in your house, and you would mourn the loss of that close person. So in this situation, obviously, they're still in this 30-day period. When Mary and, and Martha hear the that Jesus is coming. The individual that is normally the rule keeper runs away and runs out. She breaks the rules basically and she runs to Jesus because she's got some serious uh, concerns. She's got some serious issues with what's happened. She's hurting. She's grieving but she hears that Jesus is coming and so she goes out to meet Jesus and this is kind of where we pick up the story now in verse number 21. It says, Martha says to Jesus, she's out there, she's confronting him with her hurt, her pain, her loss, all these things. And this is what she says to him, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had only been here. Lord, if you had shown up when we sent for you. Lord, if you had only done the things that we asked you to do. You know what I found in my life and the life of others? You know, a lot of times the the main word here in this scripture I think that we need to focus in on is is, is this idea of the word if. Lord, if. And a lot of times we live in that place of if. Jesus, where were you? Jesus, what was going on? I, I kind of we we read these stories and we kind of look at these stories and it's easy to kind of see the end and, and, and know, okay, well I know what's gonna happen. But but Martha doesn't. Martha is living in that moment. I want you to think about kind of what would have been going through Martha's heart and her life. This is is Jesus. She believes that Jesus is the Son of God. She believes that Jesus has the power to heal and to do amazing things. And she believes that Jesus loves her and loves her sister and loves Lazarus. And so here's this situation where where everything's fine and everything's going along okay. And then then somebody begins to get sick and it gets worse worse and and, and, and she's caring for her brother and she's helping her brother and, and trying to nurse him back to health. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So finally they say, listen, we got to get Jesus. We, we need Jesus to come. We know that he can heal. We know that he can do these great things. We need him to come. And so they send the message. And Jesus doesn't come. Jesus is pretty much a no-show. Jesus pretty much doesn't do what they need him to do or what they think they need him to do and her response in this place of hurt in this place of confusion in this place of almost god why is if you had been here my brother wouldn't have died i don't know if in your life you've ever experienced the, the idea of, of, of a no-show or the idea of being excited about something. I remember um, when I was in high school, I was, I was kind of a weird kid and, and, and I kind of liked some of the older type of music and, and maybe some of you guys know about this artist, but it's a guy named Harry Connick Jr., and, and he did kind of big band music and kind of old ballads. And I really liked him in, in high school. And I had a friend named Chris. And Chris and I were, were excited because we found out that, that Harry Connick Jr. was coming in concert to Kansas City where we grew up. And, and so we were all excited. And we're making plans to get tickets and see this, well, this, 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 this friend of ours in high school knew that we had, had really liked him and were planning on getting tickets. And she came to us one day and said, hey, I got great news I have. three tickets front row tickets to go see Harry Connick Jr. and and oh by the way I even have backstage passes to go see him, and, and I want you guys, I know you guys are really fans of his, and we're going to all go together, and I mean, you could have, we, we were walking on cloud, night, and we were so excited about this, and we were looking for, you know, putting the date on the calendar, oh my goodness, it's so great, and we're looking forward to it, and basically, okay, well, she says, I'm going to pick, I'll pick you guys up at, at the house, and, and we'll go, and we'll see you at the concert, and all these sort of things, and so she I'll pick you up at 6 o'clock or sometime, I don't remember exactly the time. And so we're so excited about this, and so the day finally arrives, and, and we're, we're sitting there, I remember we're at Chris's house, waiting for her to show up, and okay, what time is she going to be here at like 6 o'clock? Okay, well, it's getting closer, and we're, we're looking outside the window, waiting for her car, and the car never comes. And, and it's getting closer to 6, and we're, okay, well, maybe something happened, maybe something's not, not right, and, 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 and she, she didn't come at, at 5.50, and she didn't come at 5.55, and she didn't come at 6 o'clock, and... And, and eventually we realized she wasn't coming. I remember how frustrated we were. I remember how hurt we were. I remember how devastated that we were that, that, that this individual had promised us something. This person had said, hey, hey, I'm going to do this with you and I'm going to do this great thing and, and we had made plans and, and not done other things because of this and we ended up missing the concert. And, and I know in, in some ways that's a very... It doesn't even hold a candle to what Martha must have been feeling in this moment. This idea of, of Jesus, you said you'd be here. You said you loved us. You said you'd do all these things. And you didn't show up. You know, for some of us, that's a hard thing. And here's the thing. As we look at kind of the first point in our message this morning, it's this. It says, in Martha's time of great need she first looks to the past. In Martha's hurt, in Martha's devastation, the first thing she does is she looks to the past. She says, if you had been here. You know what I found in my life and and also the lives of of Christians and non-Christians, the idea of past is a major roadblock for us to really experience God's love and God's presence. You know, and, and as I was putting this together, as I was looking at this, you know, it's so easy for us to say, oh, well, you know, the people that, that don't know Jesus really deal with this and the idea of past. But you know what? That's not necessarily all true. I mean, it is true, but I found it also really takes place with those that know Jesus. You see, what's interesting about Martha here, Martha knows Jesus. Martha believes that Jesus is who he says he is. But you know what? There's still that if that happens because Jesus didn't do what she thought he should, how she thought he should. And so because of that, there's this roadblock. There's this if you had done this, then and you know what? Our past sometimes can really be an issue. Our past can really be a situation. And I know sometimes what people are thinking right now, is they're kind of thinking in their head, well, but Aaron, Aaron, Aaron you don't know what I've done. You know, our past as far as the things that we've done and, and, and things that we're, we're not proud of that we, we kind of regret, we kind of allow that. It's almost like we say, how could God love me? How could God forgive me? Aaron, you don't know what I've done. And then there's other people that say, Aaron, you don't know what was done to me. You don't know what people did. You don't know the the pain and the hurt and, 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 and the things that I have had happen to me. And listen, this morning, whether you're an individual who looks at your past as as what you have done or you're looking at your past as what was done to you, that can be a roadblock that can keep us from Jesus. And I know that's hard and I know that's difficult, but Mary goes to that place and she says, if, 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 if you had just done this. And we have to allow Jesus to come and and change us and do something in us. We cannot allow our past to keep us from what Jesus wants to do. So that's where Mary begins. She she starts in the past. She says, if you had been here, if you had only done this. After she starts there, let's continue on. Let's start looking again here at John 11 and kind of continue our story. And so here's what we see in john eleven twenty three, 23 after mary or martha has has said you know where were you why were you a no-show this is what jesus says this is what jesus told her your brother will rise again now listen to what martha says yes martha says he will rise when everyone else is ri- everyone else rises on the last day and so here's, here's what's happening here in the story. Martha has, has kind of gone to the past and, and she's kind of looked at those things and, and said, you know what? Um, if you had only been here and now Jesus says, hey, listen, your brother's going to rise again. And, and Martha really doesn't understand what Jesus is saying here. And so what her natural mind does, what her normal thought process is, is she agrees with Jesus. Yeah, on the last day, when everything's done, everything's over, and and everything's won, yeah, I I know, he'll rise again. And she misses what Jesus is really trying to communicate with her. Because what Martha really is doing, and this is the second point we're going to be looking at this morning, is, is in Martha's time of great need, she secondly looks to the future. She looks First to the past, and now Jesus has said something to her, and she's misunderstood it, and so she looks to the future. I, I, I know that, that for a lot of us, we're, we're dealing with hard things, and we're dealing with, with difficult things, and, and, and something that we typically do, and there's nothing wrong with this, is we look to the future. We look to when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And you know what? That is exactly right. That is exactly true. And that is exactly something that we can and should at times focus in on. You know what? You know what? One day all the struggles and all the hurt and all the difficulties, it'll all be over. We'll be with Jesus and that'll be an awesome thing. And, and that's typically what we do in times of pain and hurt. And please understand me, that's not necessarily a bad thing that's sometimes a really good thing it's good to look ahead and to say you know what there's going to be a time when 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 God wipes away every tear but here's the thing about this moment in this story Jesus is trying to do something different in the heart of Martha Martha immediately kind of goes to the past, and then she goes to the future, and Jesus is wanting to do something in her differently. And I believe this is important and and, and timely for us today, okay? We can do what Martha is doing very easily, And what I believe Jesus is doing is something a little bit different than just being a God that will take care of our past and forgive us in our past and also give us a glorious, awesome future. Because what's interesting to me is we tend to, as people, human beings, we we tend to, to kind of focus on the past and the future a lot. Oh, 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 if we're facing a horrible thing or a terrible thing. It's, we kind of look back and go, oh, if I had done this or if, 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 if this had happened or if I had chosen a, a different path here and, or if we're in a terrible hard part where, where we're hurting and things are going poorly, we look to it, oh, it'll get better. You know, I mean, uh, it'll be okay and, and, and we're going we're gonna to deal with this and, and you know what, we win in the end. And listen, all those things are true. But here's the thing that I think is important for us to catch today. And it's this, in Martha's time of great need, Jesus wants her to look directly at him. Directly at him. Let's continue on with our story in John 11. And this is what Jesus' response is, starting with verse number 25. Jesus told her, now remember, this is after Martha said, you know what, I know he's going to rise again. He's going to be resurrected on the last day. Jesus changes her perspective here, and this is what he says. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. You see, what Jesus wants to be for Martha, what Jesus wants to be for us is to be the Savior in our present to be the Savior in this moment. To be the resurrection and the life. I love here that Jesus doesn't look at Martha and say, you know what, I, I, I know you're hurting, I know you're, you're dealing with some of these things, you know, I know a guy that we can talk to, or I know a book that you can read, or if you will just breathe like this, in and out, well, this will help comfort you in this time. Jesus says, listen, what you need is me what i am i am the resurrection i am the life he doesn't say i will be or i could be he says i am and a lot of times what we tend to do christians and non-christians is we 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 look at the past we look at the future and we forget that jesus wants to be strong and our resurrection and in our life in this moment in the present in today listen I, I know it's so easy for us to get focused in on other things that happened in the past. I know it's so easy to look towards the future. But listen, Jesus wants to be the resurrection and the life in our hearts today, in this moment, in this situation, and in, in this time. Christ wants to comfort you and help you. He doesn't want to send you off to look to something else or someone else. And if you just stretch this way, or if you just do this this way, or if you just read this self-help book, no. Jesus is claiming that he He is the way. He is the life. He is the resurrection. He is the one that you can look to in your times of hurt, in your times of confusion, in your times where you're going, God, why? And God, what's going on? We can look to him and know that he is the one that we need. He is claiming that. He is stating that. He is letting her know that he is the one that she needs. Listen, today, with, with all the world where we're at, that has not changed. That hasn't changed. Jesus still wants to be the resurrection and the life for you. And you say, yeah, and here's the thing. We start to go to our past, just like Martha did. And we start to go, oh, but but but, but, but you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what I've done. And Jesus is saying, I'm still the resurrection. I'm still the life for you. For us that are going through a hard time and it's, and it's typical or it's, it's easy for us just to go to the future and that's, that's, that's good. There's, there's going to be a, a great day coming. Listen, but you know what? Jesus also wants to be here for you today. Jesus didn't say, I've come to give you eternal life later. He says, I want to come now. I want to be life to you now. We don't have to wait till we're dead to experience the resurrection and life-giving power that Jesus has for us. And we want to walk in that and live in that and experience that. So listen, let's, let's, before we move on, let's finish the story. Let's see how Jesus handles this story. So let's go ahead and go into John 11. Now we, we've skipped a little bit here, but, but just kind of to finish the story out, we're going to be in, in 11, starting with verse number 38. It says this, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. Basically, Jesus is upset. He is angry. It literally says that he's upset with death and he's mad that this has taken place. And so he is, he is moved in his spirit. I think one translation says he's up, he's ready to rock and roll, basically. So he shows up at the tomb and a, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. And then you get to verse number 39. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And so, uh, kind of giving you an idea, Jesus shows up. They've rolled a stone across the, the tomb so that, uh, to kind of keep uh, wild animals out and to keep the smell down and all those sort of things. And so now Jesus has shown up, at the tomb. So now let's continue on. We're gonna finish the story with starting with verse number 43. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in gravecloths, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. Uh, example here of, of Jesus bringing resurrection and life to something that was dead, something that was, was gone, something that, that there seemed to be no hope in, but yet Jesus has spoken, Jesus has the power, and he brings life into a dead thing. Which is so amazing. But to kind of finish us up this morning, here's what I'd like to look at. We look at this story. How can we apply this for our lives today? How can we take this story on this Easter Sunday and really apply it to us? And we're going to go back a little bit in the story. We're going to go back to John 11, verse number 26, but the second part of 26. After Jesus has told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone that believes in me will never die. All those things. He's communicated this to Martha and he's asked her this, do you believe this, Martha? And that is really the first question that we need to look at in our own lives. Do we really believe that Jesus is who he states that he is? Do we really believe that that Jesus wants to be that resurrection and life at every point of our lives? not just not just in the future not not just dealing with the past and those are great things that Jesus wants to do but but understanding that Jesus wants to do something amazing in your heart and your life today do you believe that do you believe that Jesus desires to do that that he is the answer now that he is the answer for what you need today and 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 a lot of times we in our lives we we kind of we kind of put jesus off and, and we kind of go well i don't really need you right now i don't really desire this right now and the thing is today is the day today is the day where we can look at jesus and say you know what i need you now i need you in this moment i need you yes to deal with the past and the hurt and things like that i definitely need to to know that the future is secure and it is but jesus i need you today you know with all the things that we're dealing with with all the things it's so easy to kind of look and go well should we have done this or should we have this would happen or or look to the future and go when will this end and how will this you know what let's let jesus just be strong and mighty and the resurrection and the life for us today jesus talks a lot about this listen listen don't worry about tomorrow Tomorrow's got us enough worries. Focus on today. Let's let Jesus today on Easter Sunday, on the day that we remember the amazing resurrection of our Lord. Let him be the resurrection and the life for you today. But listen, it's not about the desire he wants to do it because he does. Don't let your past or or anything like that keep you from knowing Jesus loves you and he wants to be the resurrection and the life in your heart today. But you have to decide. You have to choose. You have to be like Martha and say, you know what? I do believe that you are who you said you are. The second and last one that I want to talk about is this this question Will we roll away the stone? Will we roll away the stone? Because here's the thing, we we start with a belief. We start with, yes, I believe that Jesus, you are who you said you are, that you are the resurrection and the life. But you know what? Sometimes it takes more than just that. Sometimes it takes action. And it takes action sometimes when it doesn't make sense. It takes action sometimes when it's hard for us to see how God is going to do something incredible. Let's go back to John chapter 11, starting with verse number 38. It says this. It says, Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Roll the stone aside. I remember, um, you know, when we talk about, why Martha is very not wanting this to happen is, is she tells Jesus I mean listen Jesus he's been in there for a while uh, the natural course of things is is, is Lazarus is going to start not smelling so great I remember uh and, and I'm going to put it up on the screen I remember as 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 a kid reading this scripture when I was uh, in, in elementary school, I had a King James Bible. And, and the King James Bible, actually, when it talks about John eleven thirty nine, 39, it doesn't say there's a terrible smell, um, basically as it does in the translation we're using. In that translation, it basically says, Lord, he's going to stinketh. I loved that word as a kid. He's going to stinketh. And, and, and w- they don't want to roll the stone away because he's going to stinketh. You know what's funny? I think for a lot of us, Jesus comes. He wants to do something so awesome in our heart and in our life. He wants to be that resurrection and life, whether that's whether that's for the very first time where we accept him, or whether it's um, things that he desires to do in us as Christians, because here's the great thing: is is we're being transformed into the likeness of Christ. We're, we're there's no finger snapping, and 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 we're just perfect. We still mess up, and and Christ is still transforming us. He's still uh, tr- making us into His Son. He's still doing that restoration process in us. And so sometimes, even though maybe we've given our heart to Christ, we we we're kind of like Martha. We believe that Jesus is who he says he is Jesus still comes to us and he says listen there's some areas in your life that are dead that I want to bring life to and our response to Jesus is yeah but Jesus I don't want you to roll that stone away because that part of my heart it stinketh it's, it's, it's not pretty, I and mean, I don't want you to see that. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to do those things in me. Sometimes our hearts, instead of being filled with what Jesus wants them filled with, which is love and grace and mercy and peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control, sometimes they're filled with anger and envy and jealousy and rage and, and, and bitterness. And you know what? Those parts in our heart, they stinketh. They stinketh. And Jesus, in this moment, he is looking at us and he's saying, listen, will you let the stone be rolled away? Because I want to bring resurrection and life in those deep places in your heart that stinketh. You see, Jesus knows your heart. He knows those areas in your heart aren't so pretty and you know what's amazing? Jesus doesn't look at those things and go, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I, I don't, I don't want to, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait until, you know, until the future to deal with that. No, no, Jesus is the resurrection and the life today. He wants to bring life and, and resurrection in those areas in your heart today. Hey, listen, today is Easter Sunday. What, what an unbelievable day. To do one of these two things, maybe both. What an amazing moment today to look at these application points and say, you know what? Do I really believe that He is the resurrection and the life? Do I really believe that He is who He says He is? And maybe for others, it's, you know, do I really believe that Jesus wants to come and bring life to dead spots in my heart? I know for me at times, as I look at my life, as I look at the things, it's so easy to allow dead things to grow in me. Hurts, frustrations, all those things. You know, I don't know what's going on in your heart right now, but here's what I do know. Jesus wants to come And if you've never accepted him, if you've never said, you know what, I do believe he wants to give you a brand new heart. He wants to change you from the inside out. And here's the other thing, if you have had that happen and God is still wanting to deal with areas and he's still trying to transform you and he's still doing that restoration process, Maybe today is the day that you say, you know what? There's been this area that that, that I've kind of sealed off. There's this area that I don't want anybody to know about. Maybe today God is saying, you know what? Let's roll that stone away. Let's deal with the dead thing. Because here's what's so awesome about the fact that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. When Jesus speaks, when Jesus stands on the authority that he's been given, Dead things become alive again. I think the question we really want to ask and we really need to ask today is what in you is dead that Christ, being the resurrection and the life, wants to bring back to life? What is that thing that you've looked at and you said, you know what? It's been in the grave for four days. It's it's gone. There's, There's no hope. There's nothing that can happen. You know what? Jesus wants to speak to that dream and speak to that belief and speak to that the past and that hurt. And he wants to bring alive again what was dead in you. What do we celebrate today? What, why, are we, why are we excited today? It's because we know and we believe that Jesus was taken. He laid down his life, and his life was not taken from him. He laid it down for us, but on the third day, he rose again. And because he rose again, we can rise again. Because he has made a way for us, we can walk boldly into God's presence. Listen, we are a perfect example of something that was dead that Christ has made alive. That's what it is to be a Christian. That's what it is to understand the idea of the way and the good news. It's the fact that our God is so awesome and so strong and so mighty and so merciful and graceful that that basically he looked at something that was dead. We were on our way to to, to death, hell, and the grave. But Jesus said, you know what? I am stronger those things. I am the power behind those things. Death has not a hold on me because I am the resurrection and the life. So no matter if you need that for the first time or there's something deep inside of you that God wants to do an amazing work in, today He wants to be in your life what He's proclaimed to be that life, that resurrection, that amazing statement that Jesus offers us to take away that anger and that, that fear and that, that confusion and instead bring life, bring life to those areas. I'm going to invite John to come on up and we're going to, we're going to close. as he comes, and he's going to just begin to play quietly. We're going to look at one more verse. It's found in John 20. It's really kind of at the end of John's Gospel, and, and he kind of writes it as, as kind of a way for us to understand, well, you know, why did he even write this book? Why did he take the time to, to communicate these things with us today? And I love that John explains this. And he does it in verse number 31 of chapter 20. And this is what it says. He writes, but these things are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. When we think about Easter and we think about what this day represents, what we're celebrating, we're celebrating life. We're celebrating the fact that on the third day the tomb was empty. We're celebrating the fact that it's finished and done. It's not gonna be on the screen, but there's there's an interesting, obviously, parallel here between this story and the story of of Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. There's death. There is, for a lot of people, a, a, a lack of hope. There's a tomb. There's a stone there's a resurrection and there are grave clothes there's a lot of similarities but but as we close i want to focus on one difference that i think is important that we catch you see in the story of lazarus jesus commands him to come forth it's not a it's not a request it's not a hey if you have the time or hey if you're not doing anything else It's a command. He says to Lazarus, basically, that thing that was dead, you will come alive. And when he comes out of the tomb, when he comes out, he's he's bound. He's in grave clothes. He's, He's not really free quite yet. I mean, yes, he's alive, but there's a process that takes place to release him from the remainder of the bondage. You know, And sometimes in our lives, that's that part that Christ is still working through us and in us. Yeah, we're alive again. Yeah, we were we were headed for for an eternity without Jesus and now we have a future that is glorious. But you know what? There's still sometimes things in our heart and our lives that kind of bind us up. And Jesus is always constantly wanting to kind of remove those grave clothes he even asks people set him free help them help them you know what the church really is if you really break it down and this may be really simplistic for christians the church is really a place that we help remove each other's grave clothes there's no shame in that we've been made alive but you know what we're still working on stuff you know, for people that maybe have the opinion that, well, you know, Christians are a bunch of hypocrites and they don't believe, do what they say. You know what? You're right. A lot of times we, we don't do the things we should. But, but let me explain why. It's, it's because we're still sometimes in grave clothes. Sometimes those grave clothes are put on us by ourselves or others, but you know what? We're still becoming free. We're still trying to become who Jesus has created us to be and sometimes that's messy and sometimes that doesn't look really good and sometimes flat honestly we just don't act like Jesus at all but we're trying we're working on it to try to figure it out but you know what there's a difference because in John's gospel when 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 the disciples go to the tomb and they go in they find a different scene They don't find Jesus in grave clothes the scripture literally says that they are folded up and they're placed why is that important why do we need to understand because you know what now that Jesus has been risen nothing has nothing can bind him nothing can hold him there is nothing in your life that he can't fix because he has been given all power and all authority we get we, we sometimes have to deal with grave clothes but not jesus there is nothing that will hold him back there is nothing that will keep him from being able to move freely and to do an amazing work in your life you see sometimes we're still in those grave clothes but jesus isn't jesus has said it's done it's finished all power all authority has been given to me to do amazing things in you We don't ever have to worry. Does does God's forgiveness reach to me? Does God's power, can it fix this situation? Listen, in Jesus's world, the grave clothes are folded. It's done. He is the resurrection and he is the life in all power and glory. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what we deal with in our life, we can know, we can be assured, we can have hope that says, you know what? Not only do we serve a risen Savior, but we serve a powerful, over death, hell, and the grave Savior that doesn't just wanna bring us life when we're dead from this earth. He wants to bring you life today. Listen, during this time, we need to be life giving. Why? Because we've experienced that life. We've experienced the life change that comes from Jesus. And if you haven't, today can be your day to experience that. So here's what we're gonna do. I want to invite all of us during this time to really examine our lives, to allow God to kind of look deep inside of us and i want to ask a first question maybe maybe the first question for you is do you really believe do you really believe and listen to believe you've got to be willing to give god the past you got to be willing to give him the ifs in life you see martha didn't understand why jesus delayed but he delayed to show his power. He delayed to show an amazing work that we're talking about today, that we can, that that he wants to use today to bring dead things back to life again. And it's not just about the future. Yeah, heaven's gonna be a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. All those things, all those songs, what a day of rejoicing it will be when we get to heaven. Yeah, and that's true. And you know what? I am looking forward to that. But Jesus is the I am today. He wants to be your I am. He wants to be your resurrection in your life today in this moment. Not just later today. And so for you if, you, if you've never have, or maybe you have in the past, but you've kind of done your own thing, you can accept Jesus in this moment. I know this is different. and I know it's not how we planned Easter, but, but you know what? God's not bound by the fact that we're not here physically together. And he can meet with you in your living room, in your pajamas. And you say, you know what, Aaron? It's time. I'm tired of walking around in death. I'm tired of walking around and, and hurt and in all fear and all these things. And today I need Jesus to speak to my heart and bring a dead thing back to life. If that's you, there's gonna be a button that you can click. And, and listen, it's not gonna show your name up on the screen and there's not gonna be balloons. It's just gonna be an opportunity for people that can connect with you and pray with you. We can, we can help you in this transition and in this journey. And we're going to pray in just a minute but if that's you click that button we want to celebrate with you think about it when lazarus came back to life nobody just was like okay we'll see you that was great that was they celebrated that and we want to celebrate that in you but for others you know what there's areas that you need to roll the stone away there's some areas in your heart and in your life that just Quite honestly, they stinketh, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that to to judge you or to throw rocks at you. I'm just trying to tell you, you know what? We're still in grave clothes at times. And Jesus wants to come and bring life to those things. To take the things out that don't belong and, and, and replace them with some beautiful, awesome things. And so we need to all, all of us, need to take this moment in this time to let the Holy Spirit really look deep in our hearts. Well, there's some areas in our hearts that we need to roll the stone away and let Jesus speak life to those things. So no matter where you're at this morning, Jesus wants to bring life to dead things. It's who he is. It's who He has stated He is. Remember at the very beginning, we talked about, what are these statements about? This is Christ's identity. This is why He came. Because He's the resurrection and the life. So whether you're in the first group or the second group or maybe just somewhere in between, I'm going to pray with you and for you. And no matter where you're at, pray with me. Join with me. Allow Jesus to speak life. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. And Jesus, right now, for those that that need you to speak life into something that's dead, for people that, that have never really accepted you, have never really understood, Father, I pray that you would help them to understand today that they need you that you came to give them life and life to the fullest, not just not just later, not just when we're gone, but, but today, in this moment, that in this moment, you can change them and make them brand new. The scripture says that, that all the old things, all the past, all the, those, they have all passed away and behold, all things are new. God, I pray that right now you would begin to do something new in the hearts of us, the hearts of people. And Father, for those that never have, that right now, they would say this prayer. They would say, Father, I need you. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and you rose again for me, for my sins, for my mess-ups. And so, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. I accept your love, your grace, and your mercy. Jesus, right now, Speak life into something that was dead. And if you'll say those words and believe those things, you know what? Jesus has brought a dead thing to life again. And you know what? There's no shame in that. Every single person that accepts Jesus, that's what happens. We were all dead. And Jesus has come and spoken life. And for us that have some, some smelly stuff, for us that need to roll the stone away again. Father, I pray that you would speak life into those things as well. That you would remove hurt, anger, bitterness, fear, jealousy, rage, envy, all all these things. And instead, Jesus, you would replace them with peace, love, joy, patience, long-suffering, self-control. That you would replace these things with things that give life. To us and to others. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that no matter how long it's been dead, we thank you that no matter how bad it stinketh, you are still strong, powerful, mighty, and have the authority to speak to something that's dead and bring it alive again. Jesus, we thank you that we can celebrate life today, starting first and foremost with the life that you showed us on that third day. We thank you that we know the tomb is empty, that you have risen and that now we can be made righteous in the eyes of God. We can be called the sons and daughters of God Jesus because of what you've done we've been adopted in to the family of God we love you and we thank you in Jesus name amen here's the deal if you prayed that prayer whether it be for new life to start again or just for some of those dead areas Jesus is speaking there is power and there is life which is an awesome thing today we celebrate life because that is who Jesus is that is what Jesus gives because he loves us so much listen I hope you have a wonderful wonderful Easter I know it's different for all of us but you know what we can still celebrate we can still celebrate the life-giving power of our Jesus. So happy Easter to all of you. I miss you all so much. It, this was a hard thing for, for, for me to be here and, and to be apart from you, all, especially on this special day. But you know what? We're gonna be okay. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna remember. And we're going to let the love and the life of Jesus radiate from us. And it's going to make a difference in the hearts and the lives of people and in our world. So again, Happy Easter. Love you. If you need anything, please let us know. If you have a prayer request, let us know. We love you. We miss you. Happy Easter. And we'll talk to you soon.